Okay, now for our first message, it will be brought to us by Mr. Ken Barton, and it is entitled, Are They Watching Us? Hopefully I won't get everybody bored ahead of the meeting. Are they watching us, over us? The other day, there was a news item about a woman and her granddaughter who had been shot at. Thankfully, the bullet hit the pillar of the truck instead of going through the windshield and striking them. The woman told the reporter that she knew why she hadn't been hit. Her son, she said, who had died suddenly three years ago, had, had saved him. She credited him as being the guardian angel and the reason that the bullet hadn't hit her or his daughter, who was her granddaughter that was with her in the truck. She thanked God and her son for keeping her safe. I have a major problem with this. People are believing lies and calling truth lies. But at the same time, I realize that if I'm going to address this with someone, I need to do so in a manner that will not necessarily drive them away because they're you know, stupid, superstitious idiots. Some people don't like to be called that. <clears throat> so if I can educate them and get their, to turn their attention to God and only God and do what the scriptures tell us we should do, maybe I'll you know, do a little better. There are, it seems to me, way too many fables and superstitions out there that people are more than willing to believe. Glenda reminded me of an aunt of mine at my father's funeral. She came up after Lawrence Gregory had spoke at the funeral and, and left him in the ground resting. She was upset. She said, that man lied. Okay, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to argue it there. <clears throat> but today I'm going to focus on this, that, on, on this one, that people when they die are called to heaven to be angels and watch over their friends and relatives. Where did that come from? Part of it comes from ministers. Who are, they think, comforting those left behind? They speak of how the departed, now up in heaven with Jesus, praising God, having a good time, and, and watching over us. <clears throat> they're no longer in pain, they're no longer in sorrow, which is true, because they're no longer anything. I mean, they're sleeping, waiting on the resurrection. They're going to watch over us. Not necessarily a good thing. <clears throat> I read in Dear Abby, or Ann Landers, or one of those, of a woman who needed help. Her mother-in-law had died some time back, and her husband had always been a mama's boy. He always wanted to please mama, and strove to do that. <clears throat> and the preacher, trying to make him feel better, relayed how mama was now up in heaven with Jesus and all the others, enjoying a good life, and was looking down on them and watching over them. That didn't work at all, folks. Because it seems now that Mama was up there, she could see everything, everywhere, including in their bedroom. So there was no more hanky-panky between 
husband and wife. The wife was understandably distraught because of this. <clears throat> I have read that since angel means, is, can also mean messenger, or is, is translated as messenger, you know, that, then that means preachers are angels. And angels are messages of God. For instance, when Hagar, Ishmael's mother, fled from Sarai's horrible treatment, God wanted to let her know that he hadn't forgotten her and that all was not lost. So he sent his angel, a messenger, with a message from God to speak to her. Genesis 16, 7 And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And according to Strong's, this is Hebrew 4397, which is Malach, from an unused root meaning dispatch, as a deputy, as a messenger sent from God, as it's an angel. But it could also be a prophet, and it could also be a, a priest or a teacher. Ambassador, angel, king, messenger, all those things. In King James Version, it shows up about 213 times. I did not check them all out. So it seems as near as I can tell that people have taken that to mean that people become angels. I don't follow that very well. That would be to me the same way as saying that a bicycle is a Ferrari. Because both of them are means of transportation, right? So... If, if angels and preachers are both messengers, therefore preachers are angels, right? If that, by that, since they're both transportation, a bicycle's a Ferrari. Ferrari's a bicycle. Doesn't quite add up, does it? Now, I readily agree that angels are God's messengers. I have no problem with that. And I agree that ministers and prophets and teachers can be messengers of God. They can deliver God's message. Part of what I'm up here for, more or less. <clears throat> but that's where the similarities end. So I think it may come from a misguided translation of God's word. Most of the time that angels are seen, for instance, they're seen as men. Okay. However, there are angels in heaven that are spoken of that have not really any resemblance to man. And if they appeared to man, that could be a bit unsettling. Just think how it might have gone in this instance. Go to Luke 1, starting chapter 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, or Zacharias, either one works of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. 
And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. <clears throat> I can kind of understand that. One of the reasons that Zacharias would be troubled is that he was supposed to be the only person there. There wasn't supposed to be anybody else in the temple. Another reason would be that there are times that God's angels would be all in white, not necessarily looking like a regular person. There's something about them, you know, you can spot that this isn't Joe Bob from down the street. Let's, <clears throat> let's say that that's how this angel appeared on this day. A man, but all in white, suddenly appearing next to Zacharias, who was focusing on performing his duties as God's priest in the temple. At first, I was kind of picturing Zacharias is kind of humming to himself as he went about his ministrations, you know. <laughs> but really, you know, I thought he was probably paying attention to the details in order to get it right, because if you got it wrong, you could die. So they paid attention to doing it right. <clears throat> so he was troubled and fearful. Understandable. But what if that angel wasn't available that day? Okay? We'll say this was Michael, but Michael's busy. You send him, you know, we know that's not going to happen. God's not going to do that, but just play along with me. So, hmm, I need an angel. Okay. Revelations 4, 6. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast was like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. <coughs> and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Now, I know this didn't happen, but just for the sake of this conversation, consider what would happen with the third beast, at least we're going to give him the face of a man, <clears throat> had shown up. I'm thinking there would have been a whole different description of Zacharias's response, such as Zacharias running out of the temple screaming. <laughs> so can we agree that just because they look like men, that doesn't mean they are men. They are angels beings created by God for serving him. So let's go to the next point, that people go to heaven and help watch over us. Now, earlier I said that when we die, we're at rest. If we're up there keeping track of everything that our relatives are doing, anyway, so... It said we can look to them for safety. People need to be very careful, very careful about thinking that because that kind of thinking is basically worshiping people, dead people, instead of God. Last Tuesday at Bible study, we studied about this very thing, about worshiping idols and false gods. And in King James Version, Isaiah 42.8, God says, I am the Lord. That is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. In the contemporary English version, which is 
one I downloaded late, not too long ago. It's kind of interesting. It says, My name is the Lord. I won't let idols or humans share my glory and praise. So when you're looking up to heaven and thanking Michael as in her son, you're not thanking God, are you? So do you think that God looks down at all these people who are basically worshiping their dead relatives and thinks, oh, how cute. I very much doubt that. And now let's look at when we die, we immediately go to heaven as angels. Don't think so. John 3.13 And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. But some might say, well, no, this is after he ascended back to heaven. Wrong again. Acts 2.29 Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his, hell was not, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. I hope I'm not stealing too much of your thunder. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. For David... It's not ascended into the heavens, but he says to himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make your foes a footstool. Hmm. David's still there in the grave. But maybe it's his spirit, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. His spirit's up there. And that's how he can be up there singing and praising, watching God and watching over all his descendants as an angel. How many descendants do you think there are of David by now? So Ecclesiastes 9.5 kind of talks about what happened. For the living know not. I'm sorry. For the living know that they shall die. But the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more reward for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love and their hatred and their envy and their is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever forever in anything that is done under the sun. At least until resurrection. Psalms 115.17 The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. So when you die and enter into a rest, you don't go up there praising God and having a good time and enjoying, no, not anything. Where some people say, well, there's those that speak to the dead. <clears throat> they can speak to your relatives who've gone on before. God says, stay away from those people. Leviticus 19.31 Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. And the soul that turns after this is Leviticus 26. Such as have familiar spirits, and after wizards go a whoring after them, 
I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from his people. And then 27, verse 27, a man also or woman that has a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. So let's leave it at that. God does not want us trying to communicate with the dead. If you want to have a little interesting reading, look up what happened when Saul had a woman bring Samuel back. But then what do we do in a situation like this where someone is saying these things? If it's like this, a report on the news, you should, we should just recognize, huh, no, I don't think so. Reinforce in our heart that that's not right. Pray that that person will come to realization of their sinful understanding and repent. What if it's someone speaking to you, trying, uh, telling you and trying to make you join them in this belief? I think it, the best way to respond to that, if it should come up, is to tell them in a gentle way, but clearly, you don't believe that. That you believe the scriptures, and according to the scriptures, no man has yet ascended to heaven, because that won't happen until the resurrection. You can also tell them that if they want to be part of the resurrection, they need to live for God. <clears throat> Serve him and walk in his word. Then after the resurrection, they'll be able to meet again with those folks that they thought were watching over them, but were actually just sleeping with them. You know, just think of the difference that that could make.